Hi, and welcome to Cosmic Style, where we explore mystical modalities like tarot, astrology, lunar living, and magic to help us live better lives. I'm Leah, a tarot consultant, professional astrology nerd, and cosmic stylist. Let's get into it. Hi, hello to the witches and the witch curious, perhaps. It is peak spooky time. And in the next week, we have a double whammy of both a lunar eclipse and Halloween or Samhain for the witches. So we're going to jump into it. I just want this to be a quick and easy exploration of what's going on in the sky, in the seasons, and how we can celebrate it and approach it in the best ways for us. So full moon eclipse in Taurus, headline news, we've been building up to it, big deal, it's happening on Saturday, October 28th. 2023 at 4 24 p.m eastern at five degrees of taurus and as i've mentioned in the eclipses episode you know i say it's a big deal (laughs) and to me personally it's definitely a big deal and it's a big deal because it's a culmination of a eclipse cycle that started in november 2021 and then officially when the the node the North Node moved into Taurus in early 2022. And the nodes are no longer in Taurus and Scorpio. We're not going to get another eclipse in Taurus and Scorpio for another, I think, nine years and not another North Node eclipse in Taurus for almost two decades. So yes, it's a big deal from that standpoint of this cycle really, truly closing out. But like I mentioned in that eclipse episode, you might not feel this. If you didn't have a big storyline with the past eclipses over the past couple of years, yeah, you might not notice it. And that's totally cool. Rock on, enjoy yourself. Just maybe be aware that other people might be acting wacky or be affected by this. And that's kind of what we're, what we're here to talk about. Um, and always remember, eclipses are here to help you get on the right path. They can speed things up or warp time. They can help you shed things that you're afraid to shed. A little like that tower card energy that we talked about last episode. It can it can feel abrupt. Um, it can feel out of left field. It can just feel like too much too soon. So just be aware that that can be an effect that the eclipses have on you. But I don't like to fear monger around eclipses either. Like I said, you might not even notice it. And I don't subscribe to this belief that eclipses are something to hide from. Um, But I also want to be realistic that they could fuck some shit up or they could be very draining on your system. And so if you're like, why is everything going crazy? Why do I feel like this? This could be why. And just make sure to take extra good care of yourself, which we're also going to talk about. Um, Yeah, so just 
being aware that we're in a very activated climate, right? Especially in the past couple of weeks in between that new moon Libra solar eclipse on the 14th. Um, and we, we've been in it. We've been in the void. We've been in the vortex between eclipses where things get warped and wonky. And we just want to make sure that we are aware that this is an, a distorted illumination, right? The, the light isn't as clear as it normally is. So when we start to notice perhaps blocks coming up, let those blocks be seen as blessings. And those blocks are helping you get closer to where you truly want to go. So if we feel like we're really trying to force something right now, maybe ease up. Because things are, we, we can't fully see things the way we, we typically do at a full moon, right? Because the light is being blocked in some way. So that's that essential nature that we're working with. But whatever gets thrown at you this week or whatever, you know, is happening in the world, the world is on fire um, and there's so much to take on emotionally and energetically and we don't want to ignore that of course but whatever happens this week could be good bad ugly i challenge you to choose humanity compassion and care to move through it compassion towards yourself and other people care of yourself and other people make that be your focus and we'll get through this so because this eclipse is in Taurus, it will be highlighting Taurus themes. And where these themes are playing out is dependent on your personal chart, right? Um, I will do another post on my Substack um, based on rising sign, kind of highlighting the area of life in which this eclipse could really be impacting you. But the themes of Taurus that will likely be rear in their head are around security, worth and self-worth, resources, sense of dedication, the body. The body is a big one. You know, we're fixed earth with, with Taurus. So it's very physical, very tangible. Also the senses in relation to the body, right? How we interact with the world through our body through our senses and our connection to the natural world, uh, pleasure, comfort. And, you know, if something's coming through, like something, there's a, there's a really good chance, right? We're at this culmination point. Like I mentioned that this eclipse cycle started in November, 2021. So we are fully at a bookend a chapter closing, this a story closing, a culmination point or an ending. And so, yeah, there might be something that comes through that manifests physically, the Taurus of it all, the fixed earth of it all, that you set into motion a while ago. So just put out your feelers, be open to what might come through. It's very like material world, material girl sort of vibe, but let's be like the best kind of material girly um, and actually be present with all that is through our body, through our senses, and actually appreciate the good things, appreciate the comfort, appreciate the pleasure where we can. Um, and 
with full moons, we always kind of talk about the polarity pairs, the polarity tension, because when the moon is full, the sun is in one sign. So today or, you know, on the weekend, it is in Scorpio. And the moon is exactly opposite. So Scorpio and Taurus are polarity pairs. They they go together. They help one another out. It's this big spectrum. And, you know, the best magic happens when you, if you're getting a little too Taurus, adding a little Scorpio and vice versa. Um, and the Scorpio-Taurus access is one of tension between the material and the emotional or the seen and the physical and the unseen or the desire or that formulation of that desire sort of that like origin of the desire and the actual attainment and manifestation of that desire which is a beautiful way in which these two can work together i always think like yeah like the scorpio can be really intuitive really mystical really psychic and we don't want to get caught too in that space right we need to bring it down to earth and if we want to actually use it in a positive way how can we take actions in alignment with that to make our lives better and really do the physical dedicated um consistent work of Taurus in in alignment with that Scorpio stuff. And Jupiter is not far away from this moon in Taurus. So Jupiter is in Taurus at 11 degrees. It is hitting right on my natal moon at on the day of the eclipse, which I'm interested and excited to see how that manifests. But it's also... Um, opposing Mars and Mercury um, at around right around the time of the eclipse as well. So there is a big Jupiter story that's being told. Um, and Jupiter can always bring, you know, expansion and luck. And there, there's just like a it's the greater benefic. It's like it's here to help you out and like amplify some stuff. But of course, it's an eclipse. So this kind of energy could be that much more unpredictable so i i generally i'm like yeah good vibes let's hang it's halloween weekend let's party like enjoy yourself do the jupiter thing but i almost said thang oh my god imagine um <laughs> do the jupiterian thing <clears throat> enjoy yourself but also just be conscious that Again, it's still an eclipse. There's just like a little unsteadiness, but maybe that can be fun. Um, and the five degrees of it all, I also want to highlight this full moon is happening at five degrees of Taurus. The sun will be at five degrees of Scorpio. And five degrees has just been this little point. Um, it was a station point when Mercury was retrograde in Taurus earlier this year, back in May. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I just think it's interesting that we're highlighting this point again, right? And Jupiter that is currently retrograde, so they're moving backwards, will back up into five degrees in December. So we're we're just there's this interesting five degree story happening. We might be seeing echoes of that Mercury retrograde at this eclipse as it's highlighting that. So you can think back to what was going on during that Mercury retro for you. Um, and 
how um, how it might be being illuminated at this time. Um, and ditto, we might be seeing the ripple effects later in the year of this eclipse. And, you know, eclipses tend, we tend to kind of feel their effects for about six months after until, you know, the, the new moon in that sign. So new moon in Taurus in April or May next year. Um, but yeah, we could, we could be feeling it again in that December window. But I, yeah, I just, I had to shout out that five degrees because there's something just so interesting with that point this year. And when I drew the cards for my full moon newsletter, I, I, I draw cards to kind of explore like what's the theme of the moon and um, what are we releasing and focusing on and such. But the, the first card I pulled around the theme was the five of pentacles, which is a Taurus associated card. It's associated with the first decan, the first 10 degrees of Taurus. So that five degree point fits in that little slice of the Zodiac. And um, it's associated with Mercury in Taurus. So for sure that Mercury retrograde echo is coming up. But the beautiful thing about that card, while it is a challenging card, all fives are challenge points, but they are also pivot points. They're, they're kind of like a full moon energy where something gets like illuminated, right? Where we're, where we're really made aware of the pain point and we're asked, we're challenged to pivot and do it differently in the direction of our growth, right? And so the five of pentacles can be around these themes of security and worry and not feeling supported and scarcity. And so this this card coming up for this eclipse, we're really just challenged to rewrite our narrative around our self-worth, around our support systems, and move towards the direction that feels the most secure for us, that feels more in alignment with our values and with our worth, with those good Taurus themes. But it is a challenging point. So I just want to flag that. Um, But we want to put on our radar, you know, um, as, as good practices, as just being able to pick up on what's going on and best take care of ourselves through it. Um, Let's take a look at our reactivity or even aggression, just being aware of your reactions and the reactions of others and the way that you maybe express your intense emotions. You know, full moon eclipses are inherently more emotional than new moon eclipses right and we've got scorpio involved so there's just some like it could just be extracting or pulling up some depth of feeling and we've got mars and mercury in scorpio as well you know sitting next to each other at this eclipse so we just want to be aware of you know how we're feeling activated and how we can maybe communicate that in a way that is a little bit more patient or like, you know, that them being in Scorpio can be more strategic. But in this sense, it's just like, okay, can we sleep on it before writing that email or 
just take a beat and just be aware that, yeah, the eclipses plus um, some of this Mars action, we just want to be very, you know, aware, careful, like those aren't really the words I'm searching for, but just like conscious of the fact that of our reactivity, just be conscious of your reactivity and do what you can to to just take a little beat. Um, and of course, energy drains we want to be aware of. Like I said, more emotional lunar eclipses, more feelings heavy, um, and there can be lots of emotions, but also just like you're picking up on a lot of other people's energy or there's like physical sensations, physical exhaustion that comes up at this time. It's like the peak energy of the cycle and it's all funky and warped from the eclipse. So we just want to be aware that, yeah, you might get more tired more easily or be more activated and that can cause you to crash all that good stuff. So, and Taurus is so physical. So it's, we really want to double down on the body care as best as we can, drinking lots of water, lots of grounding food, time in nature, salt baths, naps, like breath work, put it on the calendar, schedule it, make it a priority. And we also want to stay open at this time, uh, stay open to new possibilities and paradigm shifts and just, you know, kind of have that awareness that established structures or frameworks are ready to be upended. It, it can be a, a small thing in your life, but it can have big ripple effects, right? And so just be, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe we just change that and just be open to those structures being ready for a total change or just to usher them out and swap something else in. But um, this feels, it's just, I'm thinking of like Hierophant wisdom. The Hierophant is the card that's associated with Taurus. And if you want a little bit more tarot wisdom specifically about this full moon you can get on my newsletter um i do this for each full moon where we talk about the card that's associated with the sign the sun is in and the sign the moon is in is how those two play together but hierophant wisdom asks us to question the sources of authority in our lives and who or what is influencing our decisions. So typically things that we've like ingested, digested, have become a part of us, but we're like, hey, I don't actually really even believe that, but it is driving my decisions. So we just want to re-examine old and inherited beliefs and really decide for ourselves, is that true for me? Okay, great, wonderful. If no, see you later. Let's learn something new. Let's try something new. It is the card of the teacher. And so we really do. We, we're opening up to new learning. And anytime, you know, we're opening up to learning something or teaching something, it can be stepping into a teacher role ourselves. We're opening up to lifelong learning and, you know, always being asked to constantly examine our beliefs and what we know to be true and how that relates to our personal experience. And the Hierophant is asking you to be your own guide. You know, having teachers are wonderful, but a single teacher can't give you everything you need, can't tell you how to live your life. You know, we 
we need to take responsibility and be our own guides and sense into what's right for us on our path. And as such, I think the Hierophant is a wonderful guide for taking an unconventional path. And this is maybe a little Hierophant reversed energy, but um, I always, yeah, when, when we start to examine our beliefs and we start to learn new things and we start to take on that role of being our own guide, likely an unconventional path will unfold. Okay, now let's talk about Samhain, Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, the Witches' New Year, coming up next week on Tuesday, but of course this weekend and likely on Eclipse Night, People are going to be having their Halloween celebrations. There'll be Halloween parties. So it's all tied into this eclipse energy um, of these next few days. And I love the, I really identify with this cross quarter holiday. Cross quarter holiday is this concept in the wheel of the year, the pagan wheel of the year, um, where we have the solstices, the summer and the winter solstice, and the equinoxes, the spring and the autumn equinox. Those are each like the main four points holding down the wheel, right? They're on the the <laughs> making gestures, not helpful. But you know, the, these four points create that circle. But the cross quarter holidays are what occur between the equinoxes and the solstices. So we're right in between the autumn equinox and the winter solstice at Samhain. So it is a cross quarter holiday, and it's about this descent into the darker half of the year. And it is the last harvest cycle. So it is the end of the harvest, the end of the growing season. Everything's been brought in and is getting ready to be stored. And, you know, the earth is starting to go dormant. So I've always, I mean, without, before I knew that this was considered the witch's new year, always to me after Halloween, I'm like, well, that's it. The year's over. And I, I always knew, obviously, we still had the quote holiday season after that but i really just felt like this just we were entering a new cycle after the after halloween after samhain and it is that that final harvest energy so naturally it's like we're honoring the life death life cycle right if we think in terms of that harvest and things being cut away and being stored to sustain life so that there can be that rebirth come the springtime, come the opposite of Beltane. Apologies to my Southern Hemisphere listeners. You will be experiencing Beltane at this time, which is the peak, the cross-quarter holiday between the spring equinox and the summer solstice when things are really just coming into full bloom, right? So we can think of that like May Day in the Northern Hemisphere. So there's that that polarity there. Um of of these these cross quarter holidays, but I apologize. I am focusing on Samhain today because that's that's where I'm at. Um, but yes, so like this this descent into that darker half of the year is so closely associated with ancestor celebrations throughout the world. Like right, we have technically All Saints Day, Dia de, de los Muertos, and there's 
many throughout the world. And I am I am a Celtic witch. Um, I have to admit, I am not as schooled in these um, ancestor celebrations as I'd like to be. But all of this is to say, this is a very natural time of year to be thinking about those who came before us, the spirit world, our ancestors, our guides, our spirits, and really asking them to come in and help in this darker time of year. And so we want to throw them a party. We want to honor them. And we also are a little bit reflecting on our own mortality um, as the darkness, as the days get shorter and shorter and the darkness creeps in a little bit. It's just that natural evolution, feeling, progression. Um, But I love... I think ancestor celebrations are so beautiful, and I loved this um, article or substack that I read from Celestial Bruja, who um, she sent it out earlier this month about ancestors and like what are even ancestors? How do we how do we identify our ancestors if we have a if we were adopted or if we've just had like a confusing family situation we feel very disconnected from our lineage is there another option and yes of course there is and you know you can kind of think about like who you are where you want to go where you've been and the the people that you feel connected to so if you're an artist other artists work that you really admire could be some of your ancestors and for these people you know we're, we're talking about people who have passed here. If they're alive, it gets a little funky. Um, but yeah, honoring those ancestors, those people who have come before us. So if you're, you know, no matter where you're coming from, just finding these, these figures, these people who have inspired you that you feel a connection to, you know, whatever path that you find yourself on, you can find ancestors and guides that can who have lit the way in some way for you and that you really feel that with so yes you can choose your own ancestors to work with you can choose to work with your blood lineage you can do a combination it's totally up to you and I think it's a beautiful thing to explore at this time so the ways in which we can celebrate Samhain um You can make altars and leave offerings for your ancestors, guides, and spirits. Um, If there's a particular person that you are honoring that has passed, you can leave like a favorite food or candy. Um, And of course, you know, we can put pictures on altars and find small objects that align with what traits these ancestors have that we're trying to to celebrate and to honor Um, and another way we can celebrate this is honoring our inner crone or wise one you know if we think of the triple goddess the like a hecate um there is the mother the maiden and the crone and the crone or the wise one it like it's our inner ancestor it's it's the one who has this wise perspective so we can journal um with our inner wise one by asking them questions or we can meditate do like a 
a type of spirit guide meditation. You can do a, a meditation but just with your guides who might be a little bit more amorphous and less, you know, real human people. Or you can do it with your inner wise one. You can do it with your ancestors, just doing a simple meditation where you get into a relaxed state and then um, go, you know, visualize yourself in a location of your choosing and then see what they have to tell you. Um, It's a great time for addressing your fears and also what you'd like to release. So you can, this is great for like a group ritual or circle. Um, and you can you can write down your fears or what you would like to release on a piece of paper and burn it safely, throw it in a fire, or do a nice little like cauldron or fireproof dish. Um, but I think as we go into that darker part of the year, it is nice to obviously like we love to talk about shadow work at Samhain and at in Scorpio season in general, of course. That's definitely part of it. Um, but I think a simple exercise that you can do is just like acknowledging the fears that you have and like just calling them out and that being a a powerful exercise. But you can also talk about, yeah, what you'd like to shed, what you'd like to release. And definitely a great time to engage in divination practices. that is a little bit of a traditional um there's some weird you know pagan rituals and that involve sacrifices for divination purposes we're not going to do that no um but we're going to use tarot or oracle cards or the lenormand which is something that i am currently learning and loving and having so much fun with um and of course we want to do some protection magic around this time just as like a best practices situation um because it's a very spirit heavy holiday i mean the spirit world's around us all the time right we have access to it all the time it's not just this one night the veil is everywhere all the time and it's thin let's just say that but um protection magic just or protection rituals i should say just making sure you know you're opening a circle if you want to do some divinatory practices and get some help from your guides or ancestors and have them help you do a divination spread like a predictive spread um you know just opening the circle at making sure that you're setting a very clear boundary and intention for spirits that are only available for your highest and best benevolent guides and spirits and then making sure that you close that circle when they when you are done um and you can of course light candles and burn incense and do smoke cleansing and use salt and do all that fun cool stuff um but yes i think just setting the energetic intentional container is the most important and then the fun stuff, let's, yeah, set, like eat a bunch of apples, pumpkins, corn, like candy, like it's the harvest holiday. Um, and we're, we want to enjoy what's abundant now. So eating seasonal foods and like celebrating that harvest and yeah, just like make it a fun food celebration, find some special just seasonal specific things that you want to eat and enjoy chrysanthemums and uh like varietals like marigolds are associated with ancestor worship and it's so beautiful i see so many aspirational homes with like you know there's like 
really stylish kind of green and white pumpkins and <laughs> they've always got like beautiful mums as part of that display and it it's it's beautiful um and it is also just not me i have floating witch hats and ghosts outside of my house right now but I think mums or marigolds would be a beautiful thing to invite into your home as part of your ancestor practice because that's like a, yeah, marigolds are associated with Dia de los Muertos in Mexico. And I think it is, they're just such a beautiful flower for this time of year. Um, anyway, yeah, play with flowers, plants, dress up, have fun. <laughs> um, trick-or-treating, the tradition comes from the Celtic tradition of guising. And so in Scotland and Ireland, there was a tradition of going from house to house, wearing costumes out at Samhain, and putting on small performances that were rewarded for food or treats. And we have record of that in the 16th century, but it was likely going on way before. And costumes, wearing costumes or disguises was also associated with protecting oneself from any bad spirits on this night, right? On this night when we're talking about all the spirits, talking about all the ancestors. And so, of course, yeah, dress up, let your costume be your protection or your armor. Think of it as a magical <laughs> protection piece, but have fun with it. Play, enjoy treats, and most of all, have gratitude for everything that's grown this year. At this, you know, we're at the harvest point, so we're really taking stock, having gratitude for all the spirits who have helped you along the way, and just yeah, making it a party. Have fun. Have a, have a great Halloween weekend. Have a great Samhain. Um, show me how you're celebrating send me messages slide into my dms i want to see i live for this i'll share what i'm doing um but i hope you have a great one and we'll talk next week bye if you liked this episode please share it with a friend or throw us five stars and if you'd like to book a reading with me or check out my workshops, you can find me at leahvandervelt.com. And you can support this podcast by joining my Substack. 